Well, are the tides of change upon us once again? Or could we be seeing more in store in terms of this financial tightening we've been seeing? Bond markets have obviously been selling off and yields have been ripping higher. Is there more in store there? As we see, a rampaging US dollar as exceptionalism continues to plague FX markets. Did the Japanese intervene or did they not? And we ask what's the next stage for the Japanese yen. As we also preview the non-farm payrolls number and look ahead at the marquee event risk for next week, which of course is the US CPI print. This is the trade-off. Well, hi there, my name is Chris Weston. I'm Head of Research here at Pepperstone, and we're joined in two seconds by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And we are going to be going through all the factors that are plaguing the markets, the setups that we like, and everything that we need to look at to assess risk and make informed decisions. Mr. Blake Morrow, coming to the program, my good man, how are you? I'm doing great. Welcome back, Westy. We missed you. Now, mate, I saw, I saw a couple of shows that you and Mikey Brown did. Kudos to the blad. He, uh, he was up at midnight to do the shows, plenty of coffee. Did a fantastic job. I know the audience really you know, warmed to the pair of you and some great information there. So well done. And, uh, you know, obviously, Thank you. you go away for a little bit of time. I think at the moment I stepped out of the office, we saw a bit of, we saw sleepy market conditions transcending to slightly higher volatility markets, which is great. We like a bit of movement as we talk about Blake. But uh, yes, uh, hopefully it can continue for a short period of time. What do you think? Let's uh, let's hope so. You know, I don't I don't want you to be that indicator that I have been for many decades. <laughs> the, vol now. the volatility indicator. <laughs> the volatility indicator. Let's hope you're not that, and uh, let's hope it does persist. So yeah, we've had some nice volatility, some nice trading times, but I think this is great time for you to be back in the hot seat to get yeah. help give some guidance to your your uh, pepperstone trade well if, if we start seeing low volatility kick back into markets well, i'm sure mikey brown doesn't want to be having to wake up at midnight every time just to reinvigorate the volatility in the markets does he really so we'll, we have to well we'll go get you a gofundme page chris how about that <laughs> well that's right it's either that or a massive pay rise so i know which one i would prefer anyway uh let's go to topical funder and see what's making news I'm going to start with sentiment, Blake. Obviously, been away. We've seen the VIX trade up in 20, into 20%, sort of indicating employed daily moves in the S&P of about 1.3% or so. Obviously, uh, we've seen massive bear steepening playing through in fixed income curves. Nominal treasury yields have been moving up sharply. The dollar's just been on a one, one, one way away trend. You know, gold prices have been under pressure. But I'm also in, in equity markets as well. You know, we've seen about what about eight, eight, nine percent drawdown in the S&P futures. We come down into the 200-day moving average, or October trend channel support, uh, finding a few buyers there. But, you know, I've looked at um, positioning, you know, big, big pickup in short positions recently in the market. Um, you can have a look at things like the CNN Fear and Greed Index, which has gone down to extreme fear levels. The question then is, is has sentiment become just a little bit too bearish? in bond markets, in equity markets, and risk assets more broadly. And is this the time for the contrarian in us to start wading in on the other side of that trade now, Blake? This is a really, really good question, Chris. And I, I, I do follow a sentiment indicator personally called the DSI that actually is nowhere near extreme at this point, Chris. And and so that's that's one of those things that I'm like, is it so extreme? I I, I was also talking to to a, a, another analyst and she she uh, had worked for Jim Cramer for many years, and she hasn't seen like this capitulated volume yet in the markets. I mean, yeah, volumes are high, but they're not like super high. I agree with you. There's so much support here. I, I think I I tweeted about it last week being a 
uh, five tuplet type of support between 200 day moving average, 161% extension, horizontal support, channel support. There's, there's a few other things, you know, divergent relative strength. All those, all those things do suggest that we could, and, and kind of what you're talking about is sentiment. It, it, we could bounce, but I don't know if, I don't know if we're out of the woods yet. I mean, we're we're going to be moving topics here in a second that you know may may also suggest. Well, exactly. There, I just want to jump in. Sorry, mate. Did the, yeah, yeah. It's been positive that we've seen. Well, oil prices have dropped twelve percent in the last few days. I yes. mean, that's obviously not bad, not great if you're long energy, obviously, or Canadian dollars are knocky. But you know, from from a a, pers- a holistic perspective, it's good. And then we've seen bond yields looking yes. like they're peaking to an extent. I don't, I, I don't think it's we're out of the woods, but you know th- that that's obviously been a reprieve for equity markets. Um, so there has been some some positive factors playing through. Um, we've got earnings next week, which obviously need to come in. Generally, the bar's always going to be pretty low on that. We generally always beat on on that situation. But what happens? And we talk about it in the NFP and, and CPI. But what happens if we get a really hot NFP number, higher, you know, lower unemployment rate? Good participation rate. What happens if it's, it's well above two hundred thousand? And what happens next week if we get a big CPI number that reinforces a November hike? We're back in play. Equity drawdown. Of course, we could go the other side of that, and we could see a weak non-farm payroll number. We could see a lower CPI number, and we could be ripped. So, it's we're on a precipice now. We're 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 very much data dependent, and it could go either way, right? We we can and and I think we you know when you, we get to the NFP topic I I think you have to prepare for both uh, situations especially with jobs report and then as you pointed out inflation data um, I, I I I don't know if hot is good or bad but I think you have to prepare for either situation at this point so anyway but we're gonna get to that topic so make sure you don't go anywhere uh, let's let's uh, fast forward to the next topic let's talk about the bond market because bonds have been you know, people say, oh, here comes the dollar wrecking ball. But the bond market, I mean, the 30-year touched 5% today. Now, we've seen a bit of a reversal. And I have to point out, it isn't just a U.S. story. If you look at Boone's, uh, Boone's hit support. Uh, Gilts, they, they, they haven't hit new cycle or trend lows, but they're, they're down there. Um, you know, so it's, it's definitely a global issue. But yields have been on the rise. Um, the bond market has been, you know, just 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 getting destroyed. Everybody looks at the bond market, says, "Is it a value proposition down here? You know, is this a good place? I have now, uh, I have um, opportunities to put money in in safe haven type of vehicles and and get a, a decent annual return if I've capitalized on on the markets this year. What are your thoughts on the bond market, especially with you know yields?" You know, real yields. Let's just say real yields. Do we still have further to go here, Chris? What are your thoughts? I mean, I, I think the upside's fairly limited in terms of yield now, um, but I also don't. I don't. I can't really make a huge impact for for downside either, to be honest. I mean, real. You, you make a great point on the real rates side of things because yeah, ten year real rates have gone from around what one thirty five in this run, yeah, mid year to to where we got to a high yesterday of two forty six, two point four six percent. I mean that is a massive tightening of financial conditions, and you know it's higher for longer stance from the Fed, is is keeping real rates higher. That that's where we're going to get the tightening of financial conditions. That's where we're going to get the slowing of demand as real rates stay high for a period of time. Um, you know people have been trading the steepener. Um, yeah, the the ten year Treasury has been moving up. The yield has been moving up more aggressively. So it's a bear steepener. What we actually typically see in 
as we go into recessions is a bull steepener. That's where where you see the two-year Treasury yield actually find buyers and yields falling uh, as rate cuts come out, and that's not happening at the moment. So we're seeing a bear steepener. That's been one of the sort of trades de jour from the Insto crowd, uh, and that's been a, a massive move that's been taking place there as well. But I find it hard to see. Yeah, the ten-year may get up to to five percent, maybe. But I think I think we've had such a material shift in the bond market over the last month or so that it feels that we need to have consolidation after this run. Obviously, that really depends on what happens with payrolls. It depends on CPI numbers next week. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not going to call this. I'm not going to call the bull market run um, or the bear run that we've been seeing in, in bonds. But it's there's no doubt in my mind that this is this is what everyone's talking about, right? Are you buying? Are you buying these bonds now? No, I'm not. And and I'd actually be a seller on any type of rally. I think that's the point I want to make is that uh, that I think the 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 trend is entrenched. Uh, yields are moving higher. And the mantra higher for longer globally is probably going to be a sticky one. And it's going to be something that's going to, you know, keep keep rates, you know, very well bid. And as long as the economic data doesn't just completely hit the fan, uh, you know, over the course of the next couple of weeks, I think we have to we have to continue to look for lower bond market and 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 higher yields. So I want to just throw anyway, something out there, just like I mean, what, what happens when we get into into the latter stages of Q4, crystal ball time? We've got yeah, demand will slow down, in my opinion. We will see slower growth. The Fed are forecasting that. I think that's 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 the path we've got to look at. But what happens with the shutdown? You know, we've got student loans which are just being started to kick back in. You know, their repayments are kicking in. We've got auto strikes which are increasing, and we're going to have uh, another shutdown that comes through mid-November. Now, the shotgun it's not it's not a market story, but now we've seen uh, you know the speaker McCarthy being removed. The the new speaker is going to find it. Speaker McCarthy, I'm sorry, producer, I'm sort of going on a rant here, but Speaker Mc, he managed to get he managed to get shit done, right? He could actually, you know, get deals done. He saw we saw that with the with the debt ceiling, we saw with the shutdown, and he lost his job as a result of that. Now, what happens with the, the in in mid November? We're going to see another shutdown where each week that it goes on, we'll probably shave about twenty basis points off GDP. Um, so if you combine that, and we probably it should shut down in November. It's going into into the end of the year. And it may last a long time because we're going to have a new speaker. He may not be able to get um, get it done, or may have to really enforce that fiscal discipline. So, I I think that we're going to see a situation in Q4 where we could see that seasonal situation where risk assets rally. That growth could come into question there. Yeah, no, I, and and I and I couldn't agree with you more. Whoever is the new speaker of the house, uh, not not the temporary or stand-in. I forget what the term right term that they're using right now whenever we have a a, a a sworn in speaker of the house they are not going to they're going to have a very difficult time keeping this government open and in in 45 days uh where the clock's ticking we're 43 days 42 days whatever it is we are going to probably end up shutting down but i thought we were going to shut down this time around and well, say, yeah, through goldman's but 90 but the fiscal rec- the recklessness that's happening in congress um you know that is is a big story. I mean, the bond market's telling you about the the deficit that's placed. The fiscal deficits have been supporting growth, but it's mm-hmm. a big problem. You know, and and so that's something that that, that will. I mean, obviously, the other big part of, of this is the the aid to Ukraine, um, and that looks like it's going to be problem problematic going forward. So I suspect that they get you know that the aid to Ukraine from the American taxpayer, I think, is 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 probably going to struggle going forward as well. Anyway, I want Blake keep keep your lips to. Moving on. <laughs> well, this is your this is your your uh, your topic. 
So, is it right? Sorry, I've been out of the game. Yeah, for too yeah long. it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, you know, Bank of Japan. Obviously, uh, we we got the Jolts report uh, there to go. It was good. There was a hot number. We saw dollar yen trade above one fifty. Um, and then it wouldn't take long. We saw massive volumes going through yen futures into bank um, volumes were sky high. And, uh, you know, we saw dollar yen collapse into the 147. Was it intervention? Was it not? I get a chance to go first here, Blake. It wasn't intervention, in my opinion. Uh, it was too orderly. Yeah, it was really it was a rapid nearly near 300 pip move to the rip to the downside. But I think what you saw was ultimately um you know, dealers ringing round. You know, the, the Ministry of Finance doing the ring round. You know, we're checking levels. We're calling up. Yeah, getting on the blower, calling up, calling up the 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 the, the, yeah, the, the liquidity banks, uh, the investment banks, saying, you know, what's your what's your rate now? And that was enough. You know, the 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 bids pulled out of the market. It was a, a liquidity cascade that came through. Bids came out of the market. The the algo sensed the lack of bids. Bang, down it goes. Liquidity, um, yeah, they just pulled it down. And then it, it came back up to 149 fairly quickly. So it was too orderly. If you look at the vols market, no one was buying volatility. In fact, implied volatility has actually come down a little bit since that point. Uh, so I thought we just did the ring round. Um, it wasn't proper intervention. But what it does tell me for me, Nick Blake, now, uh, if we get above 150 again, that's your level. That's your danger zone. Uh, I want to do that. Just, yeah, the Tom Cruise song. Um, but the, <laughs> but no, I think that's what it is. I think they've told you. And the fact that they've been purposely coy about the situation says they want the market to believe that they're very close to intervening, which would cause a 500 pip rip to the downside. So uh, yeah. maybe a hot CPI number, hot number from Pyrus gets above 150. Maybe they do intervene then, but we are on notice. And But I don't think they intervened. What do you think? No, I do not either. And I think it was Reuters that reported it this morning. They didn't believe it. My colleagues, uh, we, we discussed it uh, early, early this morning with, with our community, and we don't think it was intervention either. However, I, you know, I've read some analysis post uh, rate checking, and usually intervention itself happens afterwards. So I think you're spot on looking for, if you look for a higher rate, you look for the market to push up towards 150. There's so many, there's so many yen bulls that want out you know that means they you know you want a lower lower rate i i, I can only imagine what you know uh you, you know the retail platforms where they're at as far as yen uh, longs go a lot lower too that means you know if the dollar yen's closer to 140 so th there's not enough people out we th think the market's got to squeeze a little bit of them out a little bit more but i do believe we will have intervention and when it does happen chris if it does happen you're right on a hot number Maybe even uh, maybe even a hot CPI number going into next week. We push up into 150. That would be the level that I think is you, you're going to start to see action. But it is interesting. I think it was an algorithm. Uh, you know, bids pulled. It's interesting. We had a lot of traders with bids down there yeah. that ended up getting filled. So there's a lot of buying the dip crowd out there. I mean, we're seeing a mixture of of, of, of carry traders who. Who, 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 yeah, probably aren't thinking about doing carry anymore on that on on that on that pair and, and yen crosses more broadly, uh, and we've yeah. seen a few sort of special situation event driven sort of trading who have been hoping for this this intervention and, and saying yeah the upside on on yen is is or on dollar yen is probably capped um, and the intervention and they've been hoping for this sort of moment so they would have been sitting pretty hopefully they got out of that trade. What I will say though is, is we don't get the next Ministry of Finance data till the thirty first of October, so we'll see whether they did actually categorically intervene on that date. So that that will give us the intervention when we look at their um, yeah FX reserves and bits and pieces. So that that will give us the category, but I don't think they did. Anyway, 
Moving on. One to think about, though. Definitely one to think about. It's a, a tactical situation, especially if we get a hot non-farm payroll numbers. Blake, tear it up. All right. Well, hot. Here we go. Let's talk about the jobs data. But, you know, uh, also the great thing about the, the yen, it is bringing a lot of two-way action. So, you know, uh, but with the jobs report, two-way action, that's what it's all about this month. It's going to be, you know, we have the jobs report coming up on Friday. Thankfully, uh, our government's still open here in the U.S., so we are going to actually get the jobs report. I was preparing to actually trade aggressively on the ADP data this week, um, although the ADP data did, did clue us in that, you know, that came in a little weaker than expected, you know, 89,000. Yeah, a little weak. Well, a lot weaker than the market thinks. Uh, I, I do believe we are getting to a point where um, we might start to see some weakening of economic data. But then again, everybody's been forecasting that for quite some time. So uh, and, and the U.S. economy has been much, much more stubbornly stronger than people have anticipated. Very resilient, very resilient. Now, uh, this month, you gotta you gotta think about how you want to play it because I am I do believe that the market got from the Fed higher for longer because the data is strong. I believe that the that the market actually that 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 uh, message resonated with the market this this FOMC. Therefore, if the data is stronger and even in line, let's just call it in line. I think the markets might. They they might flinch a little bit, you know. They could they could flinch a little bit. We might see S and P's come back down towards the two hundred day moving average, but more importantly, the dollar will firm up. Now, how you play the dollar in in a strong dollar or in a strong uh, uh, data environment? I think you have to be shorting the commodity currencies. Look at the dollar Canadian. Talk about teed up. That thing's teed up right up into resistance. Aussie dollar teed up right into support. I mean, it's, you know, you, you, you put a little bit of dollar upside pressure and, and it's going to hit those growth uh, commodity type of currencies across the board. Flip side is if we get some weaker data, I, I think the Euro could be a, a play. I think the Sterling after this mega fall and finally completion of the, the weekly head and shoulder pattern. I know we've talked about it here on the show. I can almost 99% sure that we have over the last several weeks. Um, you know, that has finally completed. So I think the dollar could be shorted against many things, actually. But I think if you're going to play the dollar long, you got to play it carefully how you're going to play it long. Yeah. What are your thoughts and how are you want to play the NFP? And I'm sorry I took up so much yeah, time. Sorry, good, um, yeah, I think that the, it's difficult. There's so many facets to watch in, in payrolls, isn't there? I mean, you've got the, the headline level of jobs, which is expected to be at 170,000, which is just a little bit above the three-month moving average of about 150. That That... There is a calling in, in the level of job creation, which is positive for risk. Um, the unemployment rate is expected to tick down a touch to 3.7%. But again, the participation rate last month was was higher. And I think that's something we've got to watch out for. The other thing is probably doesn't get as much attention as it probably should is is the revisions. You know, there, there has been a trend over the last three months in, in in the revisions that come down. And I think, yeah, that's taken the moving average down as well. And, and of course, we watch the average hourly earnings. So all these facets, the market can pick and choose which one it wants to look at any given day. Is it going to be the unemployment rate? Is it going to be the average hourly earnings? Is it going to be the actual level of jobs? Um, and so I think, yeah, probably simplistically, I'd be looking at the level of jobs there. Um, but yeah, you know, I think the good thing, lot we saw last night was that 
we did see a, a weaker ADP number, but we also saw a solid ISM services number. And that's what we want. We want the growth components to hold up, but we want the labor market just to cool down a little bit. And, and, and that's what the Fed want to see, just to, to mean that we're not going to see more rate hikes this year. So like, I think we want... We want we want our cake and we want to eat it. We we want the moon on a stick, effectively, and we want lower average early earnings for risk to rally. We want you know a good unemployment rate, and we want the the level of jobs to be around between one fifty and one seventy. That would be your perfect situation for for anyone who's long equities in that situation. Of course, next week though we go into CPI number, and the big pain trade for me. Is the CPI? Yeah, the market has got this strong, strong belief, Blake, that that inflation is going to come down towards target next year by the end of yeah, sort of going into Q3 of next year. Anything that challenges that 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 position is a pain trade, and and that's therefore if we were to get a, a CPI number above what four point three percent on core, um, yeah, getting into the sort of the highest threes on on headline, that would be very problematic for markets. That would accelerate the dollar buying. That. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that is where the pain trade takes place. Quick question. Yeah. I know there was a viewer question on OIS, uh, overnight index swap, something probably Michael was talking about last week. Um, I'm going to put a link down below in the comments for a new page that we set up on Pepstone on the website, which gives you daily uh, moves that are taking place, market pricing. Um, it's very hard to get unless you've got a Bloomberg terminal, probably get it on Reuters and some of these institutional platforms. Uh, we're actually replicating now and then putting on a daily basis to show you market pricing for each central bank meeting that's actually not our pricing, it's market pricing, the step up uh, and the implied probability of a rate hike. So we'll put that into the, into the link below so you can actually see that on a daily basis. It's actually updated 10 o'clock in the morning each day. Um, so that might that's be awesome. of use to you guys if you are looking for that, that, real, well, not, that, that daily snapshot of, of what the market's thinking there. Anyway, hope that helps. Uh, let's go to That's a Setup. First one, look at, can't go past the uh, euro dollar, can we, Blake? Um, if we can bring oh. up the chart on that one. Yeah, we've seen that beautiful trend that's been that's been coming lower from around 112. Yeah, higher, higher, sorry, all the, the lower highs and lower high, uh, lower lows just been taking place. We sort of traded below those that, that, that March low. We, we, we're finding a few uh, sellers into that level now. Um, is this going to be a failed breakdown? We don't know yet, obviously. But the trend is very pure. I mean, it's just a straight down situation. I mean, I can bang on about the fundamentals, about um, the US being the exceptional story. Um, you know, you have seen yield differentials blowing out. Look, if you look at the, the bottom pane, we can see the German 10-year uh, Bund uh, and the yield uh, discount that we have relative to US 10-year treasuries. And you can see that, that that's yeah, the, the, the yield um, on the US treasury is effectively increasing. And again, that's just another factor that, that's boosting um, what's happening in the US dollar because term premiums in the US, what you're getting compensated for holding those longer bonds effectively, um, yeah, has been increasing and that's pushed the long end up. But you know, you've seen so much working for the dollar. Um, I, I still think this trend develops, Blake. I, I still think that selling rallies is the right trade for me in, in, in euro dollar at the moment. We saw the retail sales number in the US poor last night, 1.2% decline. There's just so much that, 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 that's not worth liking in Europe at the moment. But is it too much? And are we going to get a rebound? The technicals at the moment continue to say sell rallies for me. What are you thinking? I think they do. However, um, there's there's a whenever I trade, uh, Chris, I like to have like a line in the sand. We call it a bull bear line in the sand. Above this level, you have to get bullish, or you don't want to be bearish anymore. And below that level, you stay bearish, or and you want to just con continue to short in this instance. 
Now, the risk is uh, that, let's say, um, economic data here in the U.S., especially the jobs report, comes in a little weaker than expected. Uh, I think the euro is going to be one of those prime examples of currencies that you can trade on the long side. Breaks back above 106, and then you got a false breakout breakdown, excuse me, brewing. And then that puts that puts a, a threat to the upside in the euro. But you also have to imagine risk is rallying at that point. So you want risk rallying, that means stocks going up, you want the dollar weakening, you want yields coming down, you want the euro back above one, 106. But as long as we stay below 106, I think it's bearish. Now, I, there's something you don't have on the, your chart, but I, I was going to pull up this chart today anyway, so I'm glad you brought it up. But the, the relative strength as we hit new lows in a new trend low, RSI didn't. So that that does suggest that we are going to, you know, we are going to get this consolidation or at least, you know, some sort of consolidation before a, a resumption of trend or maybe maybe even a reversal. So anyway, that's question. That's question for you, Blake. Question for, for you, Blake. I was just talking to a, a guy who's uh, who's working in a bank and um I asked him, who do you think is going to cut interest rates first? Is it going to be the ECB or is it going to be the Federal Reserve? And he was adamant that it's going to be the Federal Reserve. Now, market pricing is is definitely skewed towards the ECB, um, but it's pretty close. They're very, very close in terms of market pricing for when when they get it. I'll ask the, the audience out there, who do you think is going to cut rates first, the ECB or the Federal Reserve? He said the Fed market believes it's going to be pretty close. Um, what do you think? Quick question. I think it'd be the eurozone, but that would be my take off. off uh, you know, that would be my gut instinct. But you, the viewer, should jump in the comments down below and let us know who you think is going to cut first. That, that, that's a that's a that's a that's an interesting one, Chris. I like it. I like it. Well, you know what else you might like? You might like the dollar mex. You know, we often um, we name our currency pairs in the forex analytics community. Uh, the dollar mex is also known as Salma Hayek just because she happens to be the most beautiful Latino actress of the last several decades, in my view. And she's and 50 as well. It's, in, it's insane to have. And she still so. is drop dead gorgeous. So yeah. uh, we, we call her Salma. She's been, she, she's, been, she's been dancing quite a bit, but is Salma or the dollar max ready to take a little bit of a siesta here and take a little bit of a nap? You know, we just hit the golden fib level, the 618 retracement. We were, we were anticipating us reaching there um, this week. We got there 1823. We got to like 1821.7 something or rather. Um, but we are trading well above the 200 day moving average. I think the US dollar Mexican peso is going to be a great setup if, if we do have weakening data. Uh, and that means stocks rally just because the NFP maybe comes in short below expectations. The dollar Mexican peso is going to benefit from, or the Mexican peso should benefit, dollar Mex had lower. Flip side is if the data comes in strong, as we've seen it strong for weeks and weeks and weeks, the U.S. dollar exceptionalism story, we will take out that 1823 level. We'll probably be trading, you know, closer to 19. What are your thoughts on the dollar max here? Well, actually, do you know the interesting one? And you always have a go at me about leaving stuff off my charts. The thing that you probably should have stuck on your charts is the VIX, because if you yeah. overlap, if you overlap dollar dollar max and 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 the VIX index you've got a, a very very strong correlation between the two so really the, the the pair is trading as a risk barometer you know if people are buying downside put protection expecting higher intraday ranges on uh, or expected movement on the s p then you know you buy um buy dollar max you know so it's just a risk barometer so you tell me where the vix is going and i'll tell you where dollar max is going and i think that relationship holds up uh, for some time um but i think you know it is make or break time and and you know i think 
the, the, the Mexican central bank have been unwinding some of their hedges recently, which has you know, weakened the currency. Um, and, you know, you've seen a little bit of unwind of carry as well, where the MEX has been a really good sort of carry currency for so long. Um, but it could go either way now. You know, if you take the view now that, that it's aggressive, but we could see some upside, a reversal back up in equity markets, oil prices go lower, bond yields may have peaked. Um, then, then you know, I think there's probably some good downside. But again, it, we just don't know at this stage. Buying now with this lack of clarity, I can make a really good two-way argument for risk at this stage. I know that's me sitting on the fence and people are like, let's have some conviction. But it's just too hard. You know, the, the move in bond yields, yeah, it could. If, if we were to see another leg up in bond yields on a higher CPI print, you know, I think something could break in this market. I think something could really get taken down because you don't have that extents of a, of a bond move for such a period of time without shit going bad in the markets. I'm sorry. Um, so it's yeah, we are at that make or break time, and I think yeah, we need new information there to get a strong picture. That's my view. So uh, I just want to say before we move on, Salma approves the VIX. Dollar max correlation. There you go. Yeah. Well, as I talk about two men who are similar, similar sort of age, but obviously haven't held out as when anywhere as near as well. So <laughs> there you go. I'm talking about book. Anyway, let's go into coffee because we got a question last week uh, from one of the viewers. Uh, if we can bring that up, uh, Manskins Man Tas Linskas. Uh, coffee Arabica. Time to go long. Um, well, I, I think that we're actually time to go short. To be honest, Blake. I think, in, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, I have no idea about any positions that anyone have got, so I'm not taking that into consideration. This is my pure personal view. But we've got this this series of, of lower highs that have been taking place. It's got a triangle pattern playing through. Um, yeah, technically, it's been trading pretty well. We made we made an, a, a, a re-establishment of that sort of the the, the March lows. We, we rejected that one pretty much to the T. Um, but it looks like it wants to crack. Obviously, this is one where we've got it sort of on our watch list. And if price was to sort of make a, a move back through those lows, I've got a weekly chart because what I wanted to bring up is there you've got an inside period and inside bars um, are really good momentum tools. When you when you trade outside of that momentum bar, um, you know, it can be a really good sort of uh, momentum situation. So I'd be actually putting a, a, a sell stop order through those lows. And, and looking to ride this one. That's the way that I'm doing this. I, I think, yeah, just sell stop orders through those recent lows, hope to ride this one down. So I'm actually not in a position at the moment um, to answer the viewer question, but I think if we've got a breakdown, I'll be riding that one down. And I, I think there's downside risks and I'd, I'll be executing it through through sell stop orders there. Blake? Well, M Mantas may have been, uh, he may have been uh, talking about long coffee since Michael uh, Brown was up so late. But but I'm glad you brought this chart up because it is a bearish, what we like to call a bearish wedge. When you have consistent lows, lower highs, it's a bearish wedge. And you're right, the momentum points lower. Now, I'm going to be happy because, you know, and I'm sure you might be too. I, I consider myself a bit of a coffee aficionado, I can't even say it late in the day, a specialist. Uh, and I love. I mean, no uh, American can call themselves a coffee specialist. You drink filter coffee or you drink Starbucks. It's it's awful. Go away. I French press it, my friend. French <laughs> press. Anyway, I, I've been overpaying. We all have been overpaying for coffee all of 2022 and 2023. So to see a little bit of deflation in coffee prices would be great. Um, but it does look like bearish setup. To be to be frank, I have to agree with you here. It does look like a bearish setup. And let's just hope for all of us coffee quote unquote specialists around the globe that uh, that does happen and yeah. it, it takes us lower. No, I think it needs a bit right. of work, but I think there's uh the, the, yeah, if this breaks, I'm uh, I'm gonna be short this pair. Well this 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 so pair, does this, my this, this so common. does my so does my French press skills, Chris, I, to be honest, be per, 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 perfectly frank. All right, let's move it over to the loony. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say, you know, put us in the loony bin. This is a this is a throw it in the loony bin. This is for a, a viewer question, Mike Burberry 
he, you know, I, I don't want to read out his whole question. You guys can, but he said, I was looking to take a, a long at the 200 day moving average. Mike, if you took that trade, it was the day, it was the last day of the month in the quarter on Friday, we actually hit the 200 day moving average. We bolted up like a bat out of hell and dollar buying came in and it really hasn't stopped for days. And um, here's the thing. One of the things about the dollar CAD is it's right up against resistance. Uh, on my on my weekly video, I, I talked about you know weakness in crude, and if that feeds through, it's going to feed into a dollar CAD buying. And unfortunately, you get you know bond yields going uh, bond yields going higher, dollars rallying. So that rally just continued throughout the course of the week. We did hit channel resistance and the 127% extension. I think this is a very pivotal setup, but I think it's great because you you know right where you're at and you know where to be long and where to be short and what might be the triggers, especially with all the Canadian data that's coming out on Friday with the jobs report. So Chris, what do you think of the dollar CAD here right at resistance? Yeah, I think fundamentally it's a tough one. I mean, uh, the, the Canadian dollar probably didn't take as much love from the crude prices as what a lot of people were hoping for. I think that's largely down to the shape of the crude curve and, and the influence that it has there. Um, uh, getting pretty technical, but um, yeah, there, there are things to like about the Canadian. I mean, the, the economy is looking okay, and we, there, there's a possibility that we see a reestablishment of, of, of rate hikes from from the Bank of Canada. That the market's starting to increase pricing around that. That would be, you know, you're looking at the data flow and say that the market is opening the door to, to rate cuts at the next meeting, and certainly in, in, further down the down the years. Um, and that that could be supportive as well if we were to see a rebound in crude. But yeah, I. I, I I look at this chart right now, and it feels like the probability is looking looking to to you know looking to fade this technically in there um, into the top end of this range. But I just don't have the conviction either way on the Canadian dollar to say I want to be buying it against the US dollar here. But that, that's an interesting set. This is a setup, Blake, and the, the setup from a pure technical perspective uh, suggests to me I want to be looking to fade into these levels there. There you go. All right. Let's, anyway, let's go to play of the day. Let's, let's see what's going. Strong, go on. strong Canadian data, weak U.S. data. Let's hope. Well, that, that that could happen. We don't know. I mean, we're not forecasting, but that, that channel, we're right at the top of the channel. So I'd imagine there would be a lot of people looking to fade into that levels, regardless of their view on the dollar or the CAD. They're just saying, well, you know, this technically this is getting to top now. This is where we this is where we should be looking to sell into. But it depends on your strategy. If you're a momentum trader, obviously you're not going to be touching this one right now. Yeah. Very good. Let's go to play of the day. Well, pairs trade that I um I put out to, to clients yesterday um, and to people on the distribution uh, is uh, going short the US two thousand or the the Russell two thousand and long Nasdaq. Now, obviously, this is a beautiful trend, um, and again, what we're doing is we're just looking to 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 sell or short the US 2000, the Russell, and going long the NASDAQ as a pairs trade. Now, if both go down, we're obviously hoping, um, if both markets fall, we're hoping the NASDAQ falls by less. And if both markets go up, we're hoping the NASDAQ increases by more. And you're just netting off the relative performance. So it's a lower beta strategy, as we know, with pairs trade. Um, you know, generally speaking, if, if both markets go, yeah, if markets going up two percent, you might make half a percent on a trade. Uh, so it's a low bit, but so therefore, when we do hold these positions, they become more of a position trader rather than a day trade or a um, you know, swing trade. So, but what I'm seeing right now is is that, that we are seeing, are we are going to see a slowing U.S. economy that's going to impact mid cap and smaller cap stocks. People want to be away from those stocks, which is what the US 2000 represents. There's a lot of financials, mid cap financial stocks in the US 2000 
And I think we're going to see struggling times ahead. Lower credit continue to plague, and we're going to see that really impact the uh, the US 2000. At the same time, we're coming into a big earnings season. Um, I think we're going to see good numbers coming from Apple, from NVIDIA, all these companies that come into the NASDAQ 100. Uh, and I think we're going to see continued outperformance playing from there. And the performance of these big mega cap stocks in the wake of what we've been seeing in rising discount rates with bond yields has been very impressive as well. So I think this continues. Uh, I think this ratio continues to go down. I like being short uh, the Russell over uh, and long the NASDAQ. All you need is just a couple of couple of banks to go out and then you're good to go, Chris. Yeah, we don't, we, we don't, we, yeah, we don't want to, uh, obviously, yeah. <laughs> That, that could happen. I, I mean, know, I, I think I there's, still too, there's still many too many banks in the US. There's still way, way too many banks in the US and there has to be consolidation. Yeah. But if we were to there see are. bond yields moving up, I know they've got the, the bank term funding program in the US, which gives these banks liquidity and it's saved off a systemic issue. But if we were to see bond yields continue to rip the way that they've been doing, no, no doubt, in my opinion, that, that, that there's going to be some casualties along the way. Yeah, that that I would agree, and and that would put this Paris trade well into profitable uh, position, in my opinion. So great choice, Chris. Uh, my my play of the day is going to be the New Zealand yen. Now I I, I got accused uh, this week, this week of um you know being biased towards you know how I I'm I position in the market, and the the answer to that question or th that's absolutely one hundred percent correct. If I'm I'm biased and I'm in a trade. I'm going to tell you about it. So <laughs> there you go. All right. Call guilty. All right. New Zealand yen. I'm actually short. I got short, you know, into this weekly. This is a, a 2007, two, 2007, 2009, 2007, 2015. And then recently we just hit this multi-decade, multi-year trend line and we failed above it. The, 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 the BOJ scare is just a scare. Right. But what you'll notice is we're consolidating at lower prices, really fortifying that false breakout. Now, if we get below the 50 DMA and that 618 retracement, which basically is 87 yen, you just call it 87 yen and around those levels, you know, levels are not exact numbers. It's like a, I was, I was joke. It's like horseshoes or hand grenades, close counts. Around 87, we start trading below that in any meaningful manner for any meaningful period of time, like a day, 10 hours. You're probably going to see a, a little bit of an elevator ride down from the 50 DMA to the 200 DMA. So I like the New Zealand yen on the short side. I am short and I always like to add to my short positions. But when I add, I look at them as fresh positions. If I'm going to get in fresh below the 50 DMA and add, it's like if I hadn't known the position or hadn't been short to begin with. So that's my play of the day. Good stuff. And I like your, I like your views. If you're in a position, let us know. It's not like... You know, you're in a, a, a two million dollar market cap stock where you know you could you could move price effectively. I mean, you were talking about it's eight trillion dollar a day market, and and to be honest, it's yeah. your reputation that that that, that comes you are putting on the line. So that's that to me is more important. You know, as long as people understand the risks on the trade, I think that 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 that's good. If, uh, so I think in the FX market that you're not going to move the market on your on your calls uh, at the end no. of the day. So no, exactly. No, so yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's it's your reputation that, that that you're putting on the line, and I think that that's I'm, I'm kudos to you for, for for being willing to do that. So um, yeah, no, keep it coming, keep it coming, Blake. Thank you very much for for your calls and let us know what you're in. Anyway, thanks to you, everyone at home for 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 watching the program. If you if you stayed on this long, uh, we really appreciate it. Give us a like and and leave your comments. Any setups that you like? Clearly, we're trying to answer those. Uh, anything that you're seeing in the markets which we need we need to be aware of and anything that you're trading that that you like the look of we want to hear about it as well and we'll see you back next week for more of the trade-off